We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have beaten Southampton at St Mary's by one goal to nil. Massive, massive win. The first semi-final since 1976 has a massive chance now of becoming the first final since that year in this competition. What a win. It could have been by more. It wasn't. That's okay because Newcastle had one job tonight. It was to go away from home to a Premier League side and win the game to set up the tie. I've got Cy Campbell, Ben Wade, Charlotte Robson with me to talk about it. Charlotte, you were in the away tonight cheering on the lads, watching that goal go in, watching the win. How was it for you? Very, very loud. I still have ringing in my ears from this evening. It was absolutely class. Um, obviously, there were moments there where we looked a bit leggy. Some of our passing wasn't up to scratch, but I'm I'm not even going to talk about it right now. Ultimately, it was mint. The crowd was mint, so loud, really up for it, and uh, and yeah, it was it was just mint. Like I I, I lose vocabulary when stuff is good. So mint it was. Mint it was. Sai, how did you see it, mate? Charlotte references it was frustrating at times. It wasn't vintage Eddie Howe Newcastle United, but there was more than enough there to beat Southampton, wasn't there? Yeah, I think I think I'm learning that you just gotta be a bit more patient supporting this Newcastle team. I think um we're guilty of falling into old habits when things don't go exactly to plan. You know, teams set up differently against Newcastle now, they make it more difficult. Um we also are our own worst enemy at times in terms of the chances we we scupper. Um, we, you know, the, the game should have been out of sight by like sixty minutes, and mm-hmm. it and it wasn't. Um, so yeah, um, I, it was frustrating at times. There was, I did have that same feeling, but you know, in hindsight, it looks silly. When you look back at the highlights, it seems silly. We should have scored three or four, and yeah, we've we've dominated yet another game of, of football uh, over ninety minutes, where bar bar maybe a five ten minute spell where Southampton gave gave a little bit of a gave it a little bit of a go. We we've dominated again, and yeah, I think we've just got to. Trust, trust the team, trust the manager, trust the process, and um, look where we are. We're, we're going into the final, lads, and us. <laughs> ben, are you are you buzzing? You know, it, it just seems surreal. The fact that Newcastle are playing in the semi-final feels surreal, but to go and put in a performance like that, and you know what, Southampton had a nice ten minutes. Well done, Southampton. Nick Pope had to make <laughs> two saves. The way the commentators are talking about Nick Pope making two good saves, but comfortable saves for Nick Pope, it's basically like a win for Southampton. That according to those lads. Um, do you think we're going to the final mate? Is it done, or do you think you know second leg, all this kind of stuff? Got to respect them. It's it's done. 
it's absolutely done. There's there's absolutely no chance that Southampton team are coming at St James's and scoring two. It's just not happening. They won't even score one. Um, they've they've literally had to punch the ball into the net tonight to to kind of <laughs> try and sneak a goal in it, and they've been caught out by our mate Var. So uh, good old Andre spotting it. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's I spot on it. it. Like from our very very high standards, we've set this this season. We're probably just a little bit off it, only like a, a couple of percent. But it, obviously, because we've been so mint, like you, you notice, kind of the odd sloppy pass or. Um, kind of just just weren't playing as crisply as, as maybe we have. Kind of moving the ball in transition wasn't wasn't as fluid as it has been. But having said that, like we've, as you say, we, we could have won that game seven nil. The, the chances we've missed and created there was ridiculous, and it's it's stuff we're not used to watching as a Newcastle team. Obviously, um, that that Southampton team have, have beaten Man City in the the round before, and I know we were discussing kind of. <laughs> The, the, the pre-match um, kind of talk was about how good Southampton were and how much pressing they were and stuff. And, and they've had to respect Newcastle United tonight and they've not been able to kind of deploy anything like that. And and we've still absolutely torn them to shreds, really, um, with, without taking our chances. But um, we've, we've been good enough to win it 1-0. And, and you, you can't really see Newcastle playing... It wasn't. A, it was as as I said. I think it, it was a good performance, but I can't see us playing any worse than that in the next leg. And 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 for Southampton, they had the chances they couldn't take them. But I, I don't know where they kind of hurt us um, in the in the second leg. I think it's it's going to be a, a comfortable uh, home victory for Newcastle, and we're on the way to Wembley. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And we've got the weekend off now, a chance to recover. A little bit of conversation to be had, I think, about team selection, which we'll do later in the show. But I do want to impress upon people just going away from home and winning your away semi-final in this competition or any two-legged competition is absolutely massive. Yeah, we should have won. The tie should be over. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be live. It still is live. I think. I think you're right, Ben. I agree that Newcastle will win next week, but there shouldn't be anything in it. Such was Newcastle's dominance and such were the big chances that they created in the game. But I do want to impress upon people listening, in my opinion, Newcastle have done a massive thing tonight. To come to go away from home tonight, even against Southampton, and this is a Southampton in, in decent form for them. Um, like who Ben says, pressed the fuck out of Manchester City. Didn't even try tonight, really. Gave us more respect tonight than they did Manchester City in the previous round. Although Manchester City made a few changes um, it was a massive win, and to go away from home, 10 clean sheets in a row for Nick Pope. The, the, these these stats don't seem real. 10 clean sheets in a row, what the fuck is that? It's mental. Um, the last time we conceded a, a league goal was at Southampton in uh, the, the start of November. Um, Nick Pope didn't play in the goals, the game. We did concede goals against Sheffield Wednesday. It's just massive. And Charlotte, I want to come back to you and just just see if you've kind of got any more thoughts about the away tonight because it was really loud on TV. Totally. And um and yeah, like that like people were like several uh, rows in front for that goal. I you'll hear it on our match day podcast. You'll hear me um like because that goal was right at the other end of the pitch to where the away fans were you just you couldn't see that you saw the kind of scuffle for goal and you saw the crowd of people but we couldn't see that it was um it was a handball and I know that we've sort of talked about whether or not it it should be but um yes like the the away fans just treated it like like it was winning the cup final it was such an amazing uh moment for us all it was just lush until it was disallowed 
incorrect yes. by the yes. um, <laughs> by, by, by the referee. Sai, let's get into it. Probably the question I think on a lot of people's minds at the minute is what well, people are feeling, I imagine, could be wrong. Get in, massive win, one foot in the final, job's nearly done, we'll finish it next week. Number two, Alexander Reset needs to play. Do you agree? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I do agree. I do agree. Um, every Everything I've seen of him since his um, latest return from injury, he's, he's so bright, he's so quick. And he just gives us something new. Um, I think we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. Offensively, we're getting a little bit predictable. Teams know how to set up. They're crowding Wilson out the game. This is a Callum Wilson who looks like he could do with the rest as well. Um, but I'm not necessarily advocating that he doesn't start uh, in, in favour of Isaac. I would like to see them both on the pitch. I think going into the home leg of a um, of a semi-final with, with a one-goal advantage... It's almost like the perfect opportunity to experiment a little bit. Obviously, don't go wild, but you know why not see how we finish that game against Fulham? Why not see uh, Isaac and Wilson in the same team? I think there's a few players in there who, despite the fact that we've got the weekend off for the FA Cup, you might just want to rotate them. It's not it's not dropping players. It's it's rotating things. It's using the opportunity and the games ahead to to, to see what else we can do. We do need some some alternatives to the same eleven. Now I know Eddie Howe probably won't do that because he's so loyal to that team that keep getting results. But yeah. He can't keep Alexander Isak out the team much longer when he when he's coming on and performing like that. And I'd I'd probably throw Maximan into that equation because that's probably the most impact he's had off the bench so far as well. You know, he really opened up that game. He was running up players. 
he, he was clean through once when when they had to, he, he drew he drew the yellow card um the, the, and then a free kick um yeah it, it's a tough one no, you, you don't want to see any of that team dropped they've, they've all been so brilliant this season but isaac's got to find a way in there somehow and I don't, I don't know where that where that comes um joe Linton got on the score sheet in the end so you can't really drop him it's 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 a tough one but yeah i i, I want to see more of alexander isaac um however how finds a way to do that i am so with you on that he was just so good tonight he, like changed the game as soon as he came on the pitch well i mean we scored about five minutes after didn't we it was the space he creates and the way that he drags the play it it was just it it was just so joyous um to, to watch like I I like Wilson but he does look slightly off the pace and he's just not getting into position and he's not stretching the game in the same way that then when Isaac came on um he he was so um yeah I, I'm with you so si. I don't know I, I'm nervous to advocate for dropping Wilson for Isaac but mm. after today and for a cup game like we have on the coming next Tuesday I sort of think why not like that's the opportunity you can always have Wilson on the bench if it isn't working let's revert back but I think that's the opportunity to do it because he's just it was just so good tonight yeah and I mean let's talk about his impact briefly tonight you know he came on with after Newcastle had you know missed some sitters Joe Linton being the latest person um, to miss with a with a really bad one it does bounce a little bit on him but that's me being so kind he should he should put it away he doesn't you know, Joe Linton should have had a hat trick tonight if that one in the first half was given. Joe Willock could have had a hat trick tonight. You know, Isak could score at the end. Murphy could score at the end. There are other chances in the game. Just Newcastle have so many chances, but Isak comes into the team within that context, um, turns a lad like he's not there, um, and, and, and most importantly, kind of puts across a ball that other players have been in similar positions. Um, funny cast in the past few games, but the quality hasn't been there. And when it really matters for him at that moment, the quality is there. Joe Linton cannot miss. And I suppose that's the thing that's been missing from Newcastle. It's quality, quality and a calmness and a quality in those situations. Isak exudes that. Whereas, I mean, to be fair to Joe Linton and Willock in particular tonight for missing other chances, they're not, they're not 65 million pound strikers. They're not going to have that level of confidence in the penalty box. But that was a really, really important contribution. And if you look at what Isaac's done since he's he's signed, or even what he's done in the past couple of games in terms of coming on, winning a, a crucial game for Newcastle, imagine if we'd drawn nil-nil with Fulham, then those voices and conversations about Newcastle's failure to score would be even bigger. Um, I think he's just got to start. He, he, he's in such form. He's contributing in limited opportunities to the team. He has to start. I'd also say, Ben, I'll bring you in on this and see if you agree. I thought ASM made a massive difference tonight. I thought he was brilliant when he came on. He gets a lad sent off which creates the Jacob Murphy famous waving moment. Um, you know, he, he just does some really good stuff and I, it's a real hard one because who do you drop? But but ultimately, Newcastle looked like much more likely to me that they were going to score with those two lads on the pitch. What do you think? I think ASM will, will add more balance to the team. I mean, We've, we've kind of seen Miggy's contributions um, kind of lessening because, because teams know he's a massive threat and obviously the goals he was scoring at the start of the season. Whereas um, I feel like on, on the left-hand side, especially now we've got, we've got Byrne playing there, he, he doesn't really contribute anything going forward. I think Willikin and Joe Linton 
neither of them really is comfortable getting into that that left left channel. So I think putting ASM on there would have would have completely changed the match. I think for me anyway tonight, um, a lot earlier than obviously when when he came on. But um, you, you saw Southampton coming into the game because Walker Peters was able to attack and kind of contribute getting forward. If ASM had been on the pitch, there's absolutely no chance he would have been taking those risks and and getting forward as much as he was. So, um, and 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 for his performance, I mean, he he looked like really good. He was moving the ball uh, when you wanted him to. There was a couple of times where he kind of beat the odd man and then and then kind of spread the play. And um, I thought he he it was one of his better contributions um, to tonight, definitely. Yeah, I think that. Um... ASM played tonight like a like a man who wants to cement his place back in the squad. Like he was making these runs, getting into space, being quite generous with the ball. Where that was a big criticism of him um, previously. Talk. And I, I just, I, for me, a game like that cries out for him. He, the pace that he's got. Um, the, the the ability that he's got to 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 bother players to to draw fouls to get players their second yellow and sent off although apparently it was because he shoved Bruno but I mean he he also tripped up ASM so like ASM had a huge part of that um it was just so nice seeing him back on the pitch and for me again maybe maybe like Isak but maybe even a bit stronger on ASM he has to play on Tuesday at St. James's Park. That is his game. Um, maybe you don't play him for the full 90, but he has to start for me. I just think, I think he worries their players and is just a joy to watch, really. Very much so for me. And it's just, you know, th these are really positive options for Newcastle to have. Let's talk a little bit about how the, the game went because ultimately... Newcastle should have been out of sight, out of sight in the first half. Joe Willock has three really big chances there. You know, in the first half, it's mm. you know, it's not just because it's um, he's on the left. He takes one of the chances with his left foot. Goes, you know, he could have had three goals on top of each other. It wouldn't have gone in. He then takes one on his right foot, just outside. You know, volley the six yard volley should be in the back of the net. Very frustrating that didn't go in. And then and then the Joe Linton disallowed goal comes and when he's played through, it looks like the easiest thing in the world to slide it through with his left foot. He cuts back on his right. And to be fair, it's a decent hit. The keeper saves it. You should say Willock should score. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a real tough one. Someone made a point to me on Twitter during the game that if Longstaff misses those three Joe Willock chances, he probably gets loads and loads of shit because that's, you know, Longstaff is probably the most... It's not his fault. He's been playing well, but he's the most divisive player in terms of the players we've got about his position in the team. I also thought that when Joe Linton dropped back into midfield, the game got closed down. It wasn't just that Newcastle scored with the introduction of Isak and ASM. Joe Linton back in midfield, the space that Southampton were 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 prospering within midfield to drive into the box disappeared. I want to see Joe Linton back playing in midfield. Whether it's Willock or Longstaff to miss out because of that, I'm not that fussed. I just want to see Joe Linton playing in his best position. I mean, Joe Linton, whether he's in midfield or whether he's playing further forward, is a goal threat um, and, and and got the winning goal tonight and it was a great goal. Uh, I don't know, Sai, if you want to come on on that. Do you think that, you know, do you, do you, I mean, this is the thing, we're talking about changes for the team for next week. Newcastle have just gone 10 clean sheets in a row, bar Sheffield Wednesday, the third in the league. They've just won 
which is a big thing to do to win away from home in a, in a cup semi-final. This is Eddie Howard talking about the man who doesn't like to change a team. Do you think we could see the same team next week? I think I think we probably will see the same team next week. Um, <clears throat> it really depends on on Callum Wilson because again, something doesn't look right, and maybe maybe we're overanalyzing it. Maybe teams are just they identify the threat that is Callum Wilson and they put two or three defenders on him and it, it seems like he's really struggling to to carve out chances to get on the ball i mean the the stats kept flashing up during that game like wilson only had like seven touches by half time hadn't he but um <clears throat> then you look back to the fulham game and he was quiet there but he also carved himself out two chances from which he should have scored he should have scored twice against fulham so I can see absolutely why um, Eddie Howe would want to keep the, t- the team the same. Um, you know, it's not that the, the game should have been won. We should have been well ahead, well in front by the time um, we had to make the changes. He made the changes at the right time as well because Southampton had started to get a bit of a foothold in the game. And really, Nick Pope had had to keep us in it on a couple of occasions with some decent saves. Uh, none of them were world-class saves, by the way. The, the, the saves a goalkeeper should be making, but he's done very well, Nick Pope. Um <clears throat> I think a little bit more respect will have to be shown to Southampton. They're going to come to St. James's Park needing to score. They showed tonight that they are a threat. They are a danger. They've got some some attacking ability. Um, they're they're, they're a, a team that hasn't won a trophy in like 50 years as well. They they have a bunch of players who will, will sniff that cup final. So I think they'll be they'll be well up for that game next Tuesday. So uh, despite what I said earlier about wanting us to, to experiment slightly, I can see why Eddie Howe would absolutely not want to experiment and just do the job the way the way he sees it to be done and and keep the game tight you know no one has beaten us um with that team at St James's Park this season it's so reliable Southampton will not score one well they'll not score two they might score one if they're lucky so yeah I can probably see them um see see him going the same unless there are fitness issues around some of those players but we've got a whole week to recover so I'd be unsurprised with the same 11 put it that way Charlotte, it kind this kind this result, very good result. I'm going to keep saying it, very good result. It, it does it does kind of leave the door open for a quite sensational night at St James's Park next week. Like Sai correctly says, you know, people can't turn up to that game, whether that be fan, player, or whoever, thinking the job is done. And you know that you kind of saw that with the full time reaction tonight of the players. It wasn't kind of fists pumping and celebrations. It was kind of mutual appreciation. You know, obviously, would rather have won seven nil tonight, like, like, or possibly could have done if chances were taken. But also, it just that that second leg now is just absolutely tantalised, isn't it? I can't wait for next Tuesday already. Are you feeling the same? Are you feeling like, yeah, as someone who was at the game, it was nice to go down and witness a win, but it does just mean next Tuesday is absolutely huge, doesn't it? Yeah, it was um, it was very special there tonight. But you are right, the reactions of the players, both um, at the end of the game and then on their social media and stuff. You know, they've said it's only half time in the tie. Kieran Trippier said on his social media, it is only half time in the tie. This isn't done yet. It was a muted reaction. I don't know if it was because they wanted, um, you know, fans to get out of the um, stadium, but they didn't hang around for ages on the pitch. They did. They did stop. They did you know clap the away fans and they did um Bruno gave his shirt to somebody as he does he must be costing that club loads by the way in shirts and um he and then they went off you know it was it was muted it was there's still work to be done here and it's still um a big game next week but what a game it is going to be it's 
I'm so happy the second leg is at St. James's Park. I'm so excited for what I know people use all these kinds of superlatives like um, the cauldron of St. James's Park and all of that stuff. But it really, really is going to be that next week. I am so pleased to have to be going and bring, bringing my dad. And I just I'm very, very, very excited to, to see what we can do. I sort of like, I don't know what you guys think about this, but I sort of like that there's still a bit of jeopardy, that it wasn't totally, um, that it wasn't totally done and dusted tonight, that that we're st- we do still kind of have to fight for it. I don't know, there's something about that, like get bite to it that I really like. And, um, and so it makes next week even more, although it would be nice to just, for us to be, you know, be, be on the beach, I guess, for that tie. I'm I'm kind of into the fact that we really do have to go in there and win and and win convincingly um and keep Southampton out. So um yeah, really, really looking forward to next week after tonight. Yeah, I think this was um on reflection uh, and because we've won, it's easy to say this now. I thought it was a really good cup tie just generally. It had a bit of everything. I mean the ref was a nightmare. Obviously um disallowing Joe Linton's goal which you know the game goes in a totally different direction. Um, probably a lot more goals to be to be celebrated, but you know both teams have a disallowed goal, some some funny handballs to talk about. Yellow cards are high for Southampton. You know they really were given everything to make sure we didn't score. They had to hack us down so many times. I think the seven or eight yellow cards, if you include the the lad who got sent off, like, um, and then you know Isaac coming on to change the game. Just there, there was so much drama and so much jeopardy, like you say, Charlotte. It, it really felt like a football match that every minute of um adrenaline there was adrenaline from from start to finish some of the um some of the recent nil nils of, of i dare say i found myself feeling a little bit like frustrated and bored um but i did not feel that at any point during this game i thought it was a really really good good game of football and and um yeah i just i, I look forward to being able to enjoy that again at st james's park in a week's time like newcastle don't get to play in many high stakes football matches like this that aren't like relegation six pointers so it's nice to be in a high stakes game of football that means something like it's it's huge and you can tell it means everything to both sets of players like i said before like it's 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 just really nice i love it I totally agree. And um, Southampton really lost their heads after, like n- before the the sending off. Even they, we made those attacking changes, ASM and Isak, and we also brought on Murphy, um, which added a lot of pace to our game. And they just couldn't cope, and they couldn't cope mentally, yeah. and they really lost their heads. Um, Obviously, the sending off was a big one. And then there was sort of a, a during that sending off moment, it almost looked like the referee was getting pushed about a bit. Like it was, it was, it was very, I keep using the word spicy, but it was, it was all, it was like, uh, but they're losing their heads. And I'm interested. I think that means Southampton have to work harder mentally to come to St. James's Park next week because they lost their heads at the end of that game and they've got to play us again in one week. And I think that's a harder thing to do. Also, without a centre-back that had played deservedly sent-off tonight, the whole back four was booked tonight, which tells a story. I think I think one of the things which affects teams is just Newcastle's work rate. And this is where Willock and Longstaff do deserve praise because they get you know they get criticism, and particularly in recent games. with the, you know, They're missing big chances and they should do better. I'm not going to hide away from that. that. That in itself is frustrating. That No one will be more frustrated than the players themselves. Um, but their work rate, is, it's just horrible to play against. It's just horrible when you're a player in the opposition 
team when the other team never tires, never stops getting back into position, never stops tracking back, never stops putting their foot in. Add Joe Linton into that. Add a kind of, um, you know, snapping, frustrating Bruno Gomares constantly falling over in front of you, constantly getting his body in between the ball and your legs. It's just horrible to play against. And then Hoyin, the big lads at the back, um, you know, and the little lad at the back doing what they do. We're just an awful, <laughs> horrible team to play against. Like, I would hate to play against us. Not that I could play football at any kind of level, but it's not, you know, we've seen it from other teams, haven't we? We've seen Arsenal, Liverpool, we really got under the skin of their players. Like, a, a lot of Newcastle games finish in this manner. And another thing our lads don't like doing, they don't like losing or not winning. It gets under their skin. You can see the frustration in their performances as well. And it looks like Eddie Howe has made them into winners. We are a physically imposing team. I mean, you look at one to one to eleven. <laughs> Other than kind of Trippier, who's who's still a, a stocky kind of five five nine or whatever he is, but like they, they just put their bodies on people. I mean, we're, we're talking about kind of Wilson maybe not having the impact he had, but as I said, they were having to put two men on him to kind of get any kind of neutralize him, and and and, and he does kind of body up on the centre backs, and then. You, you, you've got a, you've just got a bit of everything. I mean, you've got kind of the, the, the pace and and um, kind of work rate of, of Willock and Joe Linton, who just cover every blade of grass, and it, it is demoralising. I mean, you, you never really get at Newcastle. That's the uh, the biggest compliment I can kind of pay the midfield and kind of the, the attacking players is that t- teams will maybe kind of bypass them with with some good passing or whatever, but. They get back into to kind of make last ditch tackles so often, and um, as, as you say, nothing is kind of given for free. Like everything has got to be earned and worked for, and and to have to do that for ninety minutes um, is, is incredibly hard. And as you say, to then add in the fact that um, they're all class, like they're all technically very good players, so you, you never really get any any free possession from us. I mean, we're obviously we're a little bit sloppy with some of our passing today, but in general. We were winning the ball back very quickly from Southampton, and then kind of having the composure to to move the ball around the back, and the fact that we've got Pope who's so comfortable with the ball, it's just then becomes such a tough task for any team to to try and get anything from Newcastle. It, it's a proper slog, and it's it's class to say because obviously we've we've seen plenty of Newcastle teams over the years that have been so easy to play against, kind of the, the dream team for for. Um, opposition teams to come and come up against because they, they necessarily wouldn't work as hard or or they, they just didn't have the quality to be able to kind of make it difficult for you. We, we've got a team here that are in, are really, really tough to play against. And the fact that we've got that those 10, 10 clean sheets in a row speaks volumes to that. And uh, it's it's going to gonna be kind of the the foundation block for a lot of success, I think, as, as uh, Newcastle kind of start to build this squad out a bit and uh and obviously, we've potentially got a, another signing coming in that, again, will will kind of allow us to go on another level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, we can't finish the pod without talking about um, Gillette's disallowed goal. We need to have some sort of, um, you know, victim mentality here because we can't just uh, blame ourselves for the missed chances. Uh, that was an absolute scandal. It was really funny watching them analyse it at half-time, kind of show replay after replay, which they kept saying was inconclusive then show the really conclusive replay where his arm is behind him, the ball hits his hip or his stomach at the side. Side, you had a theory, didn't you, about why this got given against Joe Linton? 
I mean, yeah, you see it at the end of the game when he whips his shirt off. Like, there's so much muscle there on his belly and chest, like six pack and, and pecs. Like, that ball has bounced really hard off <laughs> some part of his anatomy, but it's nowhere near his arm. Absolutely. And you're right. It, it, it was hilarious listening to them say, well, from that angle, you're not, I'm not really sure. And from this angle, oh, yeah, it doesn't really his hand. It's like, right. So you found a couple of angles. Me and Ben were also saying this on the on, after the game. Where the fu- why, where the fuck are they placing these cameras? Why is the only angles they've got for VAR? They, they're going to rely on VAR to, to referee the games now, and they've got a camera like in the stands behind the goal, like with goalposts and all sorts. They've got another one miles away from the other side. So like, get some better fucking cameras, lads. Um, and and they've only got them. about three. They've, they've yeah. literally got three, three shots to, to make three, a decision from. Yeah. No wonder it's conclusive, inconclusive. <laughs> But yes, uh, Joe Linton's massive, massive abs have, uh, have hit that in the net and the, the poor lad has been punished for being ripped. It was a joke, though. It, it Very frustrating. I, like, I understand the argument that the referees made a decision they didn't feel was enough evidence there to overturn it. They spent about two and a half minutes looking through the Adam Armstrong one. They seemed to make a decision on the Nick Castle one after five seconds. They were just like, yeah, check's over. No goal. Whereas they seemed desperate to give the Armstrong one. Listen, you know, both managers were, were, were fairly reasonable about VAR post-game, they basically said, well, we didn't see it live, and if it's gone to VAR, you've just got to trust that. But the Armstrong one clearly hits his hand. There is there is no doubt it hits his hand. Joe Linton one, I don't think it hits his hand. I don't even think it's bounced from his hip to his hand. It just haven't, hasn't hit his hand. And Sai, you also said to me, you know, Joe Linton wouldn't still be kicking off at the ref 10 minutes later. If it hit his hand, he would know it's hit me hand. Yeah. It's obviously on telly. He knows it hasn't hit his hand. I don't think Newcastle were, were really hard done by. We've got a little bit of everything Joe Linton tonight. We've got, you know, midfield tackling. We've got a goal. We've got some good play. We've got some, you know, injustice. We've also got like a pre Eddie Howe Joe Linton of just missing an open goal and not being able to kick the ball properly. <laughs> so. It's it's you got a bit of everything tonight, but but the lad is absolutely class. Let's let's finish the show then. I'll just go around all of you then. Um, ben, start with you, mate. Is it job done? Any cast in the final? I mean, everything you've kind of been saying in this podcast is we've got to be treated professional. Everything, but it's a load of rubbish. We're through. Um, <laughs> these these are second bottom of the league, having scored in in literally ninety minutes of of um, of football, and I, I just can't see us. Uh, letting up. I mean, as you say, we could have won that so much more comfortably. I think we will take more chances and I think it'll be a comfortable win. I'm, I'm going to say we're going to beat them at 3-0 at home. I couldn't agree more. I think there's there's lots there's lots at play here. I think we where Eddie Howe's far too professional, as are this group of players, to 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 let anything slip. Uh, you know, it'll be another 100% performance on Tuesday night. St. James's Park is probably going to be like something else. Um, well, we haven't had a semi-final at St James's Park ever. <laughs> I can't think. I don't, you know, not in my lifetime. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 huge, 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 huge. Um, and I just think it's going to be. It, it, this is me too much. Southampton are not going to know what's hit them. And um, you can just see the hunger. You can see the hunger. You know, we we played for for ninety minutes there, and and everyone put a shift in. It's it's going to be. Southampton have got, have got no chance. And I, I said the same thing earlier. You know, we're going to have to treat it with respect, but we will treat it with respect. But as soon as um, as soon as we get that goal, which will come, I think it could be a rout because Southampton will give up and we'll just enjoy the night and put ourselves in the final as the as the form team. I agree. I um I don't want to say it's a done deal, but I also do very much want to say that it's a done deal. Um, so <laughs> I think, yes, I think we are. We've got one foot there already. I think we are the informed team, the size says there. I think 
we've got all the quality we need to go through. Southampton are bottom of the league. They put in a shift tonight, as you said, Alex, for, for 10, 15 minutes. And and yeah, okay, but that was on their home turf. They're going to be on ours next week and it's going to be very different. Um, they lost their heads at the end of the game. They, I just, I'm really looking forward to it. I think, uh, I think, but your hotels, everybody. <laughs> Hotels, trains, buses, everything. Newcastle United at Wembley. If we thought the ticket conversation online was bad for the semi-final, <laughs> wow, what is it going to be like for the final? Um, everyone, it's just going to dominate our lives for the next, well, it's uh, it's less than a month, isn't it, until the final after this the second leg. This has been the True Faith Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with another one of these podcasts at the weekend, Newcastle on playing. So what will we talk about? Find out when we'll put the podcast out. Thanks to you three for your company and thanks to everyone for listening. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.